G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Let's turn our attention to the time in our lives that we spend as a follower of Christ. And if we grow older, able to reflect on those years that have gone before, will we be able to say that those were effective years following Christ or will we have some regrets? Well, it so happens that our special guest on this segment time each week, Bill Muhlenberg, Christian cultural commentator, has celebrated a significant milestone this past week, celebrating a half century, 50 years since first making a decision to follow Christ. Let's talk about some of those things today. Bill, a special welcome back to 2020. It's great to be back, Neil. Well, Bill, uh, congratulations, first of all, uh, because it's a little bit a second birthday. We celebrate a birthday, but when we talk about the new birth being born again, which is very much a biblical concept we can pick up from the Gospels, especially John chapter 3, this idea of having a birthday and being able to identify when eternal life begins, then start to reflect back on those years. I wonder whether you can take us back to what the Bill Muhlenberg of 50 years ago was like. Yes, well, as you say, I just wrote a piece on this and uh, give some of the details. In fact, in that article, I link to an even longer article I had penned a few years ago, and in fact, discussing my particular conversion. Obviously, some people can give you uh, an exact time and date. Uh, Others don't really know when they became a Christian. I'm in the first camp, uh, August 15, 1971. So as you say, exactly 50 years ago. And uh, as I write in my piece, I was a, a good candidate for the faith. We all are, obviously. We're all lost sinners, but I was a pretty messed up young uh, hippie at the time. I got saved at age 18. So even though still kind of youngish, I was pretty heavily involved in the whole radical scene that most college kids, at least of their age, were. Uh, The drug culture, the radical new left politics, uh, the whole hippie, peace, love, rock and roll scene, uh, rebellion, the whole bit. So very much into that quite heavily. So amazed that I even managed to graduate from high school. I think they were glad to let me go, actually. I think that's what happened because I was a bit of a handful while there. Got kicked out of high school a few times, arrested by the police a few times, all the troubles. I was a drug dealer as well. So anyways, it was quite a a wild life. And uh, yeah, as I report in my articles, couple of things happened which uh, did lead to my life being turned around and uh, all we can do is say God's grace is obviously uh, behind all this because some of my friends at the time well they either did die of a drug overdose or died of suicide. 
Well, isn't it good to be able to reflect on the grace of God and recognizing what we were before coming to Christ and what he has shaped us into over these many years? Hey, Bill, this is the Woodstock era, and this is not the Woodstock festival you were about to go to, but you were on your way to a rock concert a little bit similar. Describe what was happening on those days. Yeah, well, uh, again, I've got all the details uh, written down as well as still in my mind on that fateful day, uh, that August 15 of 50 years ago. Um, Wisconsin boy living in a small town, Wisconsin. Uh, My life by then was pretty much consisting of taking a lot of drugs and buying a lot of record albums and, you know, doing the two together. You get high and you listen to rock music. So I had just gone to the state's capital, Madison, that day. A friend took me down. I bought three albums. I also bought a bag of uh, dope. I think it was psilocybin or something. Came back to my hometown, got on my bicycle, was heading off to a friend's house to do what we pretty much always did, listen to the new albums, get very high on drugs, and that was about it. Uh, except on that very fateful day, I got intercepted. Uh, one of the gals I knew, another hippie, she had just recently, for some reason, I'm not sure how it all happened, got herself down to a kind of a Christian commune in the mountains of New Mexico on the other end of the country. She came back, was telling everybody about Jesus as I was biking up the road. She and some others were driving down the road on the other side. So she stopped, I stopped. We had a quick chat. She started excitedly telling me about Jesus. As I say, I was very... uh, Uh, well, suicidal and depressed at the time as well, Uh, just taking drugs often to numb the pain. So here was something different. This gal seemed quite different, quite uh, changed, telling me about Jesus, simple things that, you know, Jesus takes care of the animals and the birds in the air, and he can take care of us. So uh, I guess that was the start of the journey. I knew if I went back home or went to my friend's place, I would uh, forget all about what she had just said. So actually, we, the two of us stayed at another friend's house, and she kept sharing the gospel with me. The next morning, I grabbed my sleeping bag from uh, another place, and the two of us hitchhiked back to New Mexico. So that was the start of this really long journey, long in distance and long in time. It really took some months to get all sorted out, but that was the beginning. I, uh, as I say in my piece, I never did get to listen to those three new albums that I bought. I think one of them was the Moody Blues, and I forget the other two. I never did get to take those drugs that I bought. But yeah, 18 and a half years old, and uh, God turned my life around. And, uh, well, I've been going ever since. So in that moment, Bill, when you make a decision to follow Christ, when you invite him into your life, when you decide that the life you've been living isn't worth living, you need a a different purpose, what happens to you in that moment? What was your story? Well, again, we all have different stories. There's no cookie-cutter Christianity uh, but as I say, for myself, I was very much at the end of my rope, uh, 
very uh, depressed, bummed out, suicidal. Some of my friends were uh, killing themselves. Some were overdosing on drugs and dying. So I was trying. I was kind of searching, right, looking at all the things that we did at the time. So we looked into Eastern religions and all that. Uh, well, before it became known as the New Age, was into all that stuff as well, whether, you know, ideas about reincarnation and astral projection, soul travel, uh, all that stuff, hoping, well, maybe I can find some truth there. In fact, my initial uh, turn to drugs wasn't so much just to get high, but people like Timothy Leary, the drug guru, uh, said if you take LSD, you can find God. So I was reading a lot of books, doing a lot of searching, all this esoteric and often Eastern philosophy and thought. So I started taking a lot of LSD. Well, guess what? I didn't find God. I probably found his, you know, the counterpart, uh, the enemy. Uh, but so it was a bit of a search. But here, this gal, as I said, hippie friend, came, told me very simple things, right? It didn't have to be fancy and philosophical. Uh, the birds are singing God's praises. He looks after them. He knows the very number of hairs on your head. So just very simple things, often from the Gospels, that she shared. But I guess in my desperation, in my, you know, being at the end of my rope, when the truth finally did come, well, I just jumped at it. I didn't have to be persuaded with lengthy arguments, uh, I just kind of knew within that, well, this was right. I had to, I had to make this change right now, and 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 for me, it required a literal uh, steps of change. You know, leaving my state, traveling uh, whatever fifteen hundred miles to the mountains of Mexico to really make this radical change. And so, yeah, it's uh, it was a life changing event. Obviously, you grow and develop. That's just the start. And as I say in my pieces, there are a lot of weird detours along the way, a lot of hiccups, uh, you know, so it's got into various cults and different things. But God in his grace with faithful, he was able to uh, keep me on the straight and narrow. So we can look back and say, wow, God, you're an amazing God and certainly a God of amazing grace. Well, no doubt there's a long story to tell in early discipleship. But as you reflect on 50 years, Bill, I note that you say a lot of those years are actually wasted years. How do you reflect on those? Yeah, well, I quote a title that I often do refer to, the autobiography of Malcolm Muggeridge, the famous English journalist who really became a devout Christian later in his life. So he called his autobiography Chronicles of Wasted Time. Um, and, of course, he was mainly referring to his earlier years when he wasn't a Christian. But I, of course, spend more of my life now as a Christian than a non-Christian. But sometimes I look back as well and think, gee, have I been as faithful to Christ as I could have been? Have I been as sold out? Have I put him first in all things, or have I been far too self-centered? So I, I look back and I think, yeah, I probably have wasted a good amount of time, not just as a non-Christian, but even as a Christian. And, and well, you got to avoid extremes. On the one hand, you don't want to have a, 
a fluffy and bright view of your life, that everything has been great, but you don't want to be overly negative either. Uh, yes, I think I did often kind of, you know, you go on neutral, you're not really as committed as when you first became a Christian, you're not as devout as you should be. So I think there has been times, maybe long periods, months, and so on here and there where, you know, I look back with some regret, but the truth is, again, it's God's grace at the end of the day that makes any of us uh persevere. In fact, I mentioned in my piece that some Christian friends that I've known for a long time, well, not all of them are still walking with the Lord. Some have just made a clear-cut decision. They've, you know, walked out on Christ. Some of them walked out on their wives and so on. And, you know, that's heartbreaking to see. So, again, God's grace has kept me going with Him. Sure, there's been times when I could have done better, should have done better, and Hopefully in my remaining years, my final years, I really can be all I should be for Christ. But uh, as I say often, if I were God, I would have given up on Bill a long time ago. (laughs) So it's a good thing I'm not God, because he is far more patient, far more gracious, far more merciful to all of us than we can ever imagine. And thankfully, even those times when we were very lackluster, very self-centered, very much not in tune with him and his will, he persevered with us. He stuck with us. So that's great news. A, if you're not a Christian, God is seeking you and wants you to become one. And B, if you are a believer, but you've had your uh, tough patches of kind of wandering away or not being on fire as you should be, Well, God is always waiting there with open arms, always ready to take us back and keep running with us. So a lot of good news here. There are songs that are meaningful to us. As you reflect on some of those Christian songs dating back to the 1970s, which one is the most meaningful to you? Well, there'd be many, but as I actually write in my piece, for some odd reason... Maybe God. Uh, A couple of months earlier, I actually had a dream about some of these things. I was supposed to be speaking, giving a talk, but the first thing I said when I got up was, as important as this talk might be, what's even more important is the fact that I have come to know Christ and become a Christian. And uh, in that dream as well, there is this old famous song by Bill and Gloria Gaither, that some of your older, at least listeners, might remember, something beautiful, you know, how uh, he took all of our disappointments and sorrows and he turned our lives into something beautiful, something good. And it was interesting, that song just popped into my mind in my dream. And when I looked it up uh, later, of interest, it came out, 1971, the year I became a Christian. So I thought, you know, maybe God was telling me something in that dream and uh, you know it's it's amazing amazing grace he can make something beautiful a very messy and ugly and uh, you know not very uh, very good lives but that's what well that's what god does he transforms lives so that's good news we all can uh, hang out to a transformed life and one that god has shaped through the years to the point where you've become a prolific blogger, someone who is a primary defender of Christian faith 
and you write about truth and you apply Christian uh, principles to every aspect of life. And uh, for that, so many listeners will be uh, honoring of you today, Bill. And so there's something special about being a Christian. You don't just have one birthday, you have two. And so you've celebrated your 50 years of following Christ this past week. For listeners who want to read some more of Bill's writings, you can find his website, BillMuhlenberg.com, or simply Google Culture Watch One Word. Bill, uh, congratulations once again. Thanks so much for giving us your insights today on 50 Years Following Christ. Many thanks again, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.